Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. I'm George. And I'm Megs. And this is part two of our discussion of Halloween 1978. We're doing this as a makeup to Megs because we put her through Halloween 5 as her first Halloween and we are probably going to have to go before the Hag even if we do this. But just to be safe, we're going to try to continue the conversation where we left off yesterday with Megs and the guys. Well, it's like we discovered with the, the classroom scene. Like, you're so focused on her looking out the window and seeing him. Wait, 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 st- wait, 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 wait. Don't go there wait. yet. Well, that's the next, next scene, so okay, we're there. Classroom, classroom scene. Oh, hold on. Are we done with this scene? I think so. Okay. <laughs> classroom scene. Okay. Um, Laurie's kind of daydreaming, looks out the window. What does she see? <laughs> um, I, it's Michael standing behind the car he stole. And he's just nice. making unbreaking eye contact, which okay. was terrifying, by the way. Okay. Which just so the f- terrified. So me. it works. It yeah. Winner, winner, so chicken dinner. The first, the, the first <laughs> shot uh-huh. uh, of the of looking out the window is a little bit further away, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and the second shot of looking out the window is much closer. Yes. When I watched this movie the first time, the further away shot that happens first. Yeah. I only saw a car. Seriously? I didn't even see. You can oh, see your feet. What? Right? <laughs> and, and the second shot that was closer, I definitely saw Michael. Oh, wow. Right? And I don't know if you did. Because I, I remember us mentioning you know, in the episode, maybe. we were like, he's standing right there. And you're like, he is? And we're like, no, he's right there. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes. didn't so see I didn't see him at all. <laughs> Love it. So I, didn't, I didn't see him at all. And that is kind of the beauty of this movie, right. which a lot of other Halloween movies don't get that right. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same um, thing with the uh, sheets that we'll talk about later. Yes. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to give you that uh, my my first experience on that right. scene. That is so when so you're watching that when you're watching that scene and you're watching it for the first time, you're uh-huh. visually watch you're visually seeing what's going on. Yeah. You watch it about twelve times, you catch what's being talked about in class. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't teacher, hear that. Yeah, the reading and the teachers talking about the Fate. fate and and different philosophies about fate and and you know is it all mental like all these different when you're hearing that you're thinking this scene is so much deeper yes just like with that song that dan heard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i've heard that song thousands of times watching this movie and only when i got older and more recent i'm like oh my god like he's basically thinking that song as she's singing it yeah and on first watch, I just saw the car, and I thought, <laughs> and I saw, and I thought the movie was trying to tell me he's there. Michael's he's close. There. Yeah, he's close by. Yeah. Michael's close, but he's right by he's there. He is you close. You can't see his he's feet. Very close. And you can't see his feet. <laughs> I love that because you're like, ooh, they're trying to be mysterious. Where is he? And then the person next to you is like, dude, his head is sticking out above the yeah. car, man. Like, just look. Yep. Yep, but it's and broad daylight. It's broad daylight. Broad and wow. the class discussion is, uh, you know, about different authors' interpretations uh, and symbolism with regards to fate. And mm-hmm. Lori okay. kind of isn't paying attention, but then, like, you know, the teacher says, "Lori, answer," and she answers the question well. She nails it, even though she wasn't really paying attention. So you're like, "Wow, this girl really knows her fate stuff, right?" <laughs> and, it, and it turns out, you know, the teacher, yes, that author clearly personified fate. And then Michael's outside. 
<laughs> and then Michael's not outside. And then he's not. And, and then, then he's, he's not. He's, like a... he's there until he's not. <laughs> uh, so Meg, did you get? Uh, did you ever wonder at the beginning of this movie whether or not Michael was actually there, or if he was just like imagined? Um, because of how quickly he's in and out. No, I, I never once thought just he's not there. Very stealthy. Because I thought that. But now after like a, watching a bunch of Halloween movies, I take uh -huh. it at face value. He's there. Well, Michael Myers isn't like, uh, you know, George McFly where he's like on a tree branch with binoculars. Like <laughs> yeah. he's, he's got he's got some skills. Yeah. yeah. He's able to kind of blend. A little he's bit. a lot more just, Marty McFly than he is. Yes. There you go. I feel like he just melts in and out of spaces really well. Like the scene where he's at the bush mm. and she's like. Oh my God, there he is again. And then she goes to grab her friend. And then her friend, you know, goes and looks around the bush and he's not there. Um, I could be totally imagining this, but I felt like, I don't know if it was this one or another one, like he was somewhere and then he just disappeared. I thought I could see him sort of like slipping away as they cut. Like you can see him kind of like moving towards you the see back. Him walk behind the bush. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He does like a sidestep back behind the shrub. But it's very blatant. But it's, no, I and think then you see John Carpenter's it's cigarettes. Very smoke. smooth, no, I think <laughs> though. Like it's very seamless, and it's kind of like I water to think, me. I don't think it was that scene. It was a different it's one. Not, okay. I, that that you're talking about. I think when uh, Lori hears something and she looks over and you see someone kind of like go behind a building, like behind a bush. Mm. And oh. it's, no, not, the it's, it's not the, the same scene. It's not the same hedges. No, it's not the same hedges. I think I'm thinking of the uh, laundry line later on. When okay, she's in the Pasadena Thin Wall House. There's, yeah. there's another yeah. one where someone is kind of just walking down the street kind of far off. Mm -hmm. And she looks over because she hears something, and it's just tri kids trick or treating. Yep, that's yeah. Okay. But, yeah, that's. But further, but further beyond that, there is someone that kind of like walks out of the scene. It like could have been frame. him. Like it's kind of like the Back to the Future, where you were like, I want to go back and watch it and see if future Marty is really in the background of the terrorist scene. Like, yeah. Did they go that far with that kind of detail? Yes. With this, I, it's low budget. I doubt they would have really said, okay, well, Michael would be in the background, but. That would be cool if they did that. I kept but looking clearly, for him in the backdrops yeah, of that's every how they make single like, scene. Every scene, every yeah. frame. I yeah. just basically every, any and, dark spot and in frames, any scene, you have to look for him. Mm -hmm. Yes, and all the frames are so large that he could be there. Right, but the hedge scene, he clearly is standing there blatantly. Yes, and then yes. when she's like, uh, "There he is, Annie," and then she's like looking through her bag. Right when they cut from Annie back to the bush, he steps to the right. Yes. And then you see him walking, so he clearly leaves yes. completely. Okay. But they don't do what they do with the laundry line where it's like she looks, he's there, looks again, he's gone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they show him walk. Poor him. Laurie, you scared another yeah. one away. Scared another <laughs> one away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the, before that all happens, the little kids uh, torment the poor kid with the big, big pumpkin, and one mm -hmm. of the bullies runs smack into Michael. And oh yeah, nothing happens to him. Yeah, That's I thought he was gonna die. I was like, "Well, you're dead now. See you later, Bucko." Like, it's nice they knowing you. They won't revisit that later in sequels. Oh, <laughs> we've been talking yeah, a lot about that scene this week. I, doesn't come up at all. I definitely did not get 
an online streaming service so I could watch the rest of them either. Um, so I'm well, gonna... we do get into the psychology of why does Michael allow certain people to live and so- mm. certain people not to live? Interesting. Ooh. I definitely would like to know more. I, I do plan to watch the rest of them. I'm, I'm very interested. And the pumpkin thing is killing me because he falls and smashes his pumpkin. Um, yeah. And like, first off, why does this kid have a big old pumpkin at school? Like, he's clearly like <laughs> yeah. six. Who gave this yeah. kid like, like a 10-pound pumpkin? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, his mom packs his lunch and is like, okay, here, sweetie. Son, here's your gourd. See you later. Like, why does he have a pumpkin? He was very excited to go to <laughs> to carve that pumpkin at night with Lori. There was a 4-H competition there at you go. school that day. Right. Uh, it was a science project. I love uh, it. Those are two theories. Two theories. I think, I think it's because he's a latchkey kid and he <laughs> had to bring the pumpkin from wherever he got it in the morning, had to bring it to school, carry it home to Lori, wherever. Like, it, to me, it, it, it An- seemed weird that he's carrying this 12-pound pumpkin. Another theory. Ooh. Uh, Let's hear it. It tells us a lot about Tommy, I guess. Lots of pumpkins. There are a lot of pumpkins. And we find out later, Lori has no idea how to carve a jack-o'-lantern. She's (laughs) terrible at it. She doesn't know what she's doing. No idea. Like, make a triangle for the (laughs) eyes. Just do that. (laughs) Like, like she she made, like, a Jason Voorhees chevron where the eyes are supposed to be, and it's like, no, it's supposed to be... Like the opening. Hey, listen, it's, it's, it's big face. It's, art. it's artistic. I don't know. Impressionism. But that's just being nitpicky. Did you Come have on, any Laura. notes about the stealing of the headstone? Did you have any thoughts on that scene? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote it down. I was like, all right, this is weird. Um, <laughs> this is his mother, correct? Is that his mother's headstone? Sister. Okay, sister's so it was his headstone. sister's headstone. The one okay. who he stabbed at the beginning of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Michael. I, I, Michael. Michael. Okay. I, I have an issue with uh, how she was murdered. Um, and because the sounds that she was creating um, mm. were not, I'm getting stabbed sounds um, yeah. at all. And I was like, all right, I don't believe you. I feel like it was just there so <laughs> they could it. show someone's boobies and then pour fake blood on those same boobies and then show them again. And I was like, all right, y'all. You, di- you didn't have to try this hard for boobies, okay? Like, well, this this is very un... It definitely goes deeper than that. <laughs> I, th- I think it was Carpenter's homage to the psycho bathroom killing scene. Oh, is that before Halloween? Yeah, in, in the okay. 60s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that sound, she's the not, sound she's of... She's not familiar. Let's, let's okay. put her in the... Uh... Well, the sound Just of the blade... Let... The sound of the blade was... Let, let okay. me. Let I'll me. let you. Go ahead. Okay, so... <laughs> In in Psycho, okay, uh, there is a scene where a lady is in the shower. Yes, and uh, and there yeah, is the yeah. there is okay. So she's familiar. All right, she's familiar. I right? know that so one. Yep. You may or may not have noticed in that scene when the curtain is opened, all you see is a hand with a knife, and it goes in and out of the frame. Never enters the body. You don't see the body. You don't see the knife enter the body. You only hear... You hear the the melon, the blade into a melon sound. Basically. And then 
And then what you see is the bottom of the tub. There is bloody water going down the drain. Very iconic scene. Probably the most iconic scene. Okay, so you don't see a damn thing. (laughs) And what you picture in your mind is way worse than anything that they could probably show you on a screen. Mm -hmm. Now, Meg's complaint is what she, the noises she was making, which didn't sound like she was really being killed. Okay, fine. So that was a failure. But guys, we have to understand that John Carpenter is being meta, and he's taking the melons out of the sound effects and putting them onto the screen. And putting real melons into the scene. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, so that, that was my only complaint about that, was that she was like, oh, yeah, and then just made these like sad little. I'm not gonna do the sounds because then that'll be on the internet forever. Yeah. Um, don't do yeah. the sounds. I don't, I don't blame you. I'm refusing that. Um, but the sounds they were not. They were not. I'm getting murdered. Sounds certainly not sounds she was making five minutes earlier during the 25 seconds she yes. had sex with that just, guy. Okay. Right. I okay. I was yeah, gonna bring that up that. earlier, <laughs> and none of you did. And I was like, if I pull this uh, one out after you all had moved it. on, you're gonna be like, oh, no. of course you had to talk about that <laughs> one. But seriously though, <laughs> like it was like ten seconds, and I wrote down <laughs> something that. along the lines of, "Dude, you need endurance training." And answer. <laughs> it literally all he did was they ran upstairs. The kid goes in. He grabs a knife. He walks towards the stairs, and the the dude is already gone. Dressed, putting his He's shirt dressed. back on, and I'm like, my friend, you have a problem. Like this is <laughs> embarrassing first. for you. <laughs> now I don't think that you are supposed to believe that all of that happened in that amount of time. Ah, uh, it's one single it's shot, shot in real time. It's one listen, shot. listen, I think it's the first of many continuity errors in this movie what's funny is i feel towards that kid like (laughs) you know the the joey episode in friends where he's on the poster for std yeah it's like (laughs) he probably went through life as the 10 second kid forever that that would be so funny it's a shame that really sucks and you know it's what's the worst part about it is it didn't he needs some it uh, doesn't have to be like that it's very easily fixed you fix that movie you fix that part of the movie very easily just by, you know, they go upstairs and, you know, time elapses. I don't think Carpenter cared. And then Michael comes home. It it doesn't have to happen Um, in 10 seconds. It's kind of like the sun going down when they're driving to the house. Like... That it took was them another seven one of, hours to get to the house that they were babysitting in, even though it was around the okay, corner. Can I? Can I? But, can I just? <laughs> can I right. just? Can I just? God. Okay. Okay. Go. So do it. It's, it's to the best of my knowledge, Loomis is hanging out at Michael's house. Yes. The entire yes. time, waiting for Lonnie. Basically, yes. from his point of view, he sees his car. That Michael stole. Yeah, at the end. Okay. Yeah. Which is, quote unquote, Loomis's words, not mine, three blocks. Right. Away. Now, from home, Lori drops a key under the mat of that same house. Right. On foot. Why did we need to be picked up? in a car and drive for three hours to go to the house that's three blocks away 
to babysit a child. Maybe they went to Annie's weed dealer. Yeah, I was like, weren't they they riding high? Like... Because you had to find out about the stolen mask yeah, and knives kids, and rope. I, yes, kids in small you, towns yes, you did. Don't have you anything did. to do, and you literally did. they will get in their cars and drive around, and like that will be an activity. Their night out. So yeah. like that is the I'm only logical. That's the only logical explanation. Yeah. And it doesn't. It's not put on that way. And George, you're hanging up on the wrong continuity <laughs> error in this scene. Okay, the one that it? gets me is that Annie and Lori somehow magically make the sheriff forget what pot smells like. Yeah. And they yes. pull up to the crime scene where there is a blaring burglar alarm. And it's yes. at that, at that uh, hardware store that someone, presumably a kid... But he blames everything on kids, so maybe it's... Right. <laughs> but stole uh, knives, rope, and uh, some Halloween masks. Well, Myers is a kid at heart. But here's the thing, guys. This is after school and at sunset. So this three-hour car ride and school. But Myers had that mask in the morning right. outside mm-hmm. of school. So that burglary alarm has been running has nonstop been for 12 hours. All day. <laughs> Which in the so I think Dan that that did not go unnoticed. That was another one. That's another time error. He said stole some masks. Yeah. Who are we to say that the mask he's wearing in the beginning wasn't from somewhere else? Maybe, but he stole the same one. Maybe he got like mustard on it, and he needed to get a new mask. So (laughs) he he needed a backup. What if it fell off? But yeah, so it's, the thing it's is, possible I think that it was kids, though. Right? I and, imagine, and true. I mean, yeah, maybe it's Ben Tramer stole the mask. Uh, or here we go. Maybe he stole the masks early in the morning or overnight. Mm-hmm. The alarms went off and then turned off, and then went off again, then turned off, and then went off again. Like, like I know when I manage alarm. movie theater or. Well, no. Sometimes <laughs> when you have alarm systems. Okay, I feel like they, we're making excuses. <laughs> for this movie and we, we, we shouldn't have to. I, I'm not going to excuse yeah, it. I think you all are just trying to excuse the Where's kid that Kubrick? can only last 10 seconds. I think you guys just feel real bad for him and you're trying to protect him and so I you're do. just it could be the poking Wendy holes in all the other things so that it doesn't have to be I just wonder if at some true. point the chronology was that Annie drove Lori to school. And they'd shot that scene to happen before school and then realized, oh, but she needs to drop the key off at the house. That's the whole key to this thing. Oh, okay, well, let's make this after school so she still gets to talk about. And it's low budget, so they can't refilm it. Like, they just have to kind of. That's a good theory, Dan. Build it and edit it. Use what you have in the can to edit the movie you need. Yeah. Make the movie and editing. That's a good theory. But you do get an amazing shot of. Uh, Loomis with his back turned toward traffic when mm-hmm. Michael makes that left turn behind him. I still oh. love that shot. I was yeah. geeking out the whole time. I was like, there he is. There he is. There he is. He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> so He's behind so him. F- famously, there is a palm tree in this movie, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Where they're crossing the street. Palm tree. Where? When Tommy and her are walking after she, when they're taking the key to the house. Uh-huh. There's a palm tree. They're walking tree? across the street, and he's talking to her down the end of the street where she crosses. Okay. You see the huge palm tree 
Okay. Right there on Rodeo Drive, which is right there. Okay, so I had never seen the palm tree before, right. and I, I still haven't because I thought I saw it uh, like right next to Loomis's head in the background mm. um, at the hardware store. So never mind. What? What's cool about that intersection where that happens? Uh, all right, so it's just let's get Meg up to speed. Yeah, okay. I have this no idea. Shot in, <laughs> this movie was shot in California, okay. and the movie takes place in Illinois. Illinois. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> if there's a palm tree in the background of a scene that takes place in Illinois, that's a problem. Yeah. There's and a couple things like that. Like there's no trees that have lost their leaves in the, in the movie. The leaves fall. On... Yes, it's October 31st. It's October. Everything's it's actually, green. All right, so it's October 31st. <laughs> uh-huh. All of the trees have green leaves on them. Right. Okay. Uh, the sun doesn't go down until after 6:30, which is the time that Laurie gets picked up. Right. Um. They the. The film crew had to walk around with the same bag of leaves and, <laughs> and dump, dump. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. Are you for real? And then they had someone on staff that collected the leaves Stop. to drop them in the next scene. Okay. So that's awesome. Um, so <laughs> that's awesome my, trivia. Yeah. my original thought whenever I saw the scenes with the leaves is, <laughs> now I feel really dumb. I was like, oh my gosh, there's leaves falling i love that they just like used the nature around them and just leaves are falling like i just it feels so real it made it feel like tangible to me and not like a green screen like i was like oh i'm here this is a real place and then to see that there's green trees god i'm gonna go back and watch it now just so you know every time you see the leaves it's the same 50 leaves (laughs) i've got two i've got two words for you meg oh god Got you, motherfucker. Yeah, right? You. Oh, yeah, they got me. Yeah. I was, I was fully invested. All right, I was, I they, they fed me the fantasy. I was there, so I, I hope that the person that had to walk around and pick up those fifty leaves uh, hears this and can feel vindicated and know that it was worth it. Well, the, the, the thing about that trivia is growing up in the Northeast, where Halloween is clearly marked by falling leaves and trees changing color mm-hmm. that scene where they show you the title card of october 30th or and then it switches to 31st halloween mm-hmm. and they show the leaves kind of blowing past the screen yeah like it's so that my sense memory goes berserk when i see that because it reminds me of halloween when i was 10 years old and that the smell yeah. the sound of the leaves like all the kids trick-or-treating like it's such a nostalgic thing, and then to think that's 85 degrees, California. <laughs> <laughs> Every tree is green, Yep. and yes. that bag of leaves is throughout the entire movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it's when, awesome. And in, uh, in a couple of weeks, when we go trick-or-treating in Haddonfield... I'll do that shot. We're going yeah. to take a video of the, of the leaves. And, and there'll be and Jersey leaves. We'll post it. Well, well it doesn't matter, because <laughs> Haddonfield... Illinois is based on Haddonfield, New, New Jersey, Jersey right. which we live five minutes from. That's where we trick or treat on purpose hey. because Halloween. Wow, um, that's commitment right yeah, there. Did you, did you know that, Meg? I did, did not you know that the. So the writer of the movie is from Haddonfield, New Jersey. Okay. So when she wrote the film, she based it on the years that she used to babysit five minutes from where we live right now. So wow, okay. That's when I cool. started having, when we started having children, I was like, 
I want to trick or treat in Haddonfield. I've never done it. I have to. It's the birthplace of Michael Myers. Yeah. I have to trick or treat there. So once we did that, it's it's like a tradition. So every and, year. And Halloween in Haddonfield, New Jersey is perfection. I I I think maybe maybe it's I, Mardi Gras might yeah, be. Yeah, it's Mardi Gras. For, it might be a good <laughs> for comparison. New, for Haddonfield, New Jersey. People travel from all over the world to trick or treat. But in seriously, it's a huge party yeah. in yeah. Haddonfield. It's a big it's a big deal. And half of them don't even know that it's the birthplace of Michael Myers. They and, just, and the it's people, just a rich town. And the people in <laughs> Haddonfield, they embrace it like the people who live in these homes now should. Yes. Embrace it. Um <clears throat> everyone's it's good. It's a good, good time. Stuff. So it's it it is accurate when I look at this movie. The it's amazing that that little five or six streets around in Pasadena looks exactly like the neighborhood we live in. Hmm. So it's 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 the attention to detail is is really good, and that's why I get so nostalgic when I see it because it's like it does bring me back to my childhood, and it's like even though it's a low budget film and they have the bag of leaves and they're going around doing whatever, yeah, it's so perfectly done like every detail mm-hmm. is not a mistake and to me that makes it better as well because um <clears throat> also five minutes from where we live in new jersey uh five minutes the other way is Voorhees, new jersey <laughs> love it where the crystal lake diner also is. <laughs> five minutes away from here is crystal lake yeah um dan where's the helicopter sound oh it's gosh, a mecca i'm letting you down we don't have that <laughs> Maps. Maps. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That, we're Meg's done with like, we're, we're never with, coming back again. We're done with maps. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry to bore you. No, you're not. You're not boring. There, there's some stuff that happens in the movie that if there's a low energy point in the movie, for me, it is while we're waiting for Annie to spill butter on herself. There's just a lot of like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> exposition and stuff are happening. You, are you waiting just, for that to happen? That's when the shit hits the fan. Once she spills the butter, everything goes sideways. Michael is like yeah. offended by butter, popcorn, butter. or something. Like I think that sets him off. him off. It's a dog. I didn't yeah. realize Lindsay. it was Lindsay. butter. <laughs> I just yeah, she was making popcorn. Oh, okay, I don't know. You know, it was uh, it was an excuse to take your clothes off. Yeah. Butter. Okay. Yeah. So I want to talk about that for a second. Um, I I used to like I babysat kids when I was younger, like you know, uh, late middle school, early high school, whatever. Um, even if I spilled something on myself at uh, another person's home, I would not go. Oh no, I made a mess, and then get naked in the mm. kitchen. In front of said child and just, you know, go find a shirt. I was like, why? Why did she have to completely undress? Com- <laughs> like down to her underpants because-, <laughs> because she spilled butter? Because John Carpenter had to recreate a scene from a Jallo right. uh, that he hadn't seen yet. I- <laughs> he didn't see it till way later. I just, I, I don't, I was just appalled. That's I was like, Miss Ma'am, if I came home and you were babysitting my children and you were just half naked in my kitchen, your butt would be fired Wearing so fast. Wearing my husband's dress shirt. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was yeah. just, I was just laughing so much at that scene because I could, I didn't even see the spill. Like it was so fast and clearly it was not that much. 
And then she just got naked. And I was like, well, that was overkill. Like, why is she naked now? But I have to say, as as stupid as that sounds, mm-hmm. it does set up situation for some of the most iconic imagery in, can I say, cinematic history? Like, Whoa. That, that whole cat and mouse in the laundry room uh, Myers at the door, then at the back window, his face silhouette, like all that stuff, her walking back and forth with the phone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's there, then he's not. Like that, that scene is so iconic. It's like Kong on the, the Empire State Building iconic. And people, it, it, it resonates because it's so creepy. Because it does. It, 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 you're in that room with her and you're seeing that she's being watched. She doesn't realize and it. She has no idea. Yeah. And obviously Lindsay has no idea because that, that kid's a freaking you know, garden rock. That's <laughs> my my daughter turns into that whenever she's watching TV Holy as well. Holy crap. Lindsay. Um, like how many times? <laughs> so I hear it a lot. I like I oh. like how um what's her name? Uh, Annie. That's Annie. Annie. I like how Annie can hear the phone ringing from the detached garage laundry room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, maybe there's a separate bell out there that used to be a thing there's, back then. Okay. Okay. So if you're out in the garage, there is also rings, times you know when I there was you could hear a phone ringing from across the street a little later on. Mm. I think Laurie was well, across the street. Anyways, you're younger matter. than me, but I remember the rotary phone. Uh, no, I re- I loud. remember <laughs> phones that ring, like that landline. I that remember ring. phones that ring. Okay, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, I, like when I watch you know that how we movie, say that hang up. You know how we say out. you know how we say hang up the phone. Yeah, like we all have cell phones now. We only have cell phones. We still hang them up. Yes, right, but we don't actually hang. I no, remember hanging up a phone for real. <laughs> right. So and but I, those old Bell telephones were so freaking loud. If I was in the garage, on the other side of the yard, I don't think I would hear the phone. Okay, but I I I honestly believe and I know because we had them. They're super loud, and if maybe if no, the if you're if you're open, in the garage, you can rig it. You can have it rigged so like Dad's out tinkering with the the engine, and the the phone rings inside the house. There's a there's a, there's a remote a, bell. Yes, there's like a bell in the garage that tells you their phone is ringing. Okay. Because you didn't have cell phones okay. back then. Okay. Hey, so, listen, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's how some I technology. Saw that. That's that's some hot shit right there. I, didn't, yeah. I wasn't aware of that technology. <laughs> Not as hot as that popcorn butter. No. Apparently, apparently it was scalding, and it was like a gallon of it. All right. And she has to get partially naked because that that's Meyer's trigger. That that is true. His trigger is nakedness. Just being turned. I don't know if he's being turned on or just the, the sexuality or the oversexual. No, I it think is. he's disgusted by it. <laughs> Either or, he needs that trigger, so yeah. that you yeah. have you have to have situations where people are getting. So, Meg, have you seen have you seen the show Mind Hunters on Netflix? No. Okay. Well, that that falls flat then. I'm sorry. I'm no, there's a show called Mindhunters on Netflix that's based on the FBI profilers. Okay. And like the what the first pioneer of profiling uh as a science, this guy named uh John Douglas, who is the guy who the FBI kind of spearheaded what we now know as profiling through. He was the guy who took psychology and melded it with detective work. Forensics, yeah. 
and made profiles, which is now like a whole subgenre of TV shows. But Mindhunters yeah. is like semi-biographical about that guy. That's cool. uh, the book is an autobiography that it's based on. It's a pretty good read. Uh, when I was reading it years ago, and this is a rerun from anybody who's listening to the Halloween episode uh, that we did two years ago. One of the things that he talked about was these criminals who would go into jail at, say, 13 years old, be in jail for 20 years, and then come out, and they would commit crimes that would profile as committed by a 13-year-old. Because there's something in their development that just, their sexual development that freezes because they're no longer socialized in a normal manner. So when they get out of prison, they're still, like, developed as if they were just, you know, 13 years old again. The socio-emotional development of the person and so, is stagnated. If a person yes. was six years old okay. and their response to a sexual stimulus was a feeling of confusion and rage okay. combined with the feeling of abandonment because they didn't get to go trick-or-treating because their sister was too busy having sex with their boyfriend for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can call it that, but okay. <laughs> so... When Michael goes into detention and comes out as a 20, 21-year-old kid, sexually development, sexual development has been frozen at six years old with a rage response to sexuality. So saying that Annie's nudity is a trigger actually kind of fits with the Michael Myers character and weirdly enough kind of fits with a very, you know, obviously untechnical amateur description of how profilers might see it so follow-up question to that theory i definitely can see that being a valid reason because he does it um later on in the film as well but my question to you is he was stalking the babysitter here before she got naked like he was already watching so my question would be if he's triggered by you know sexuality or by naked bodies or whatever why was he already stalking her if that hadn't happened yet Uh, there's a familiarity with when he is on the front lawn watching annie arrive and the parents leave and his posture behind this tree as he watches the scene and the way that the shot kind of mirrors what happened outside the myers house when he's captured at the beginning Mm -hmm. they create this kind of visual echo of like familiarity with him and this scene and it's like his one human moment as adult michael as he kind of leans into the tree he doesn't stand there like a statue he like puts his hand on it and like leans in so i think it's you know we're filling in gaps that probably never were intended to be filled when they made this fifty thousand (laughs) dollar movie or whatever but you could make an argument that he is kind of back at the night when he got put away mm-hmm. and he's feeling familiar and he's on, like, he's tuned into this wavelength of like, that's a babysitter. That's a house with no it's parents. Halloween. It's Halloween. I've got a murder boner. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Stop. See, I, when I said triggered, I think he, <laughs> I think he was stalking Lori because of her being at his house. Oh, and then yes. because Lori, interacted with Linda and Annie. I think he was just stalking the three of them and then the trigger to start the mayhem might be the sexuality and the nudity. Or like, the dog. 
Or the or dog. Or the freaking dog. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But, uh, and it could all go me, back to, he, hey, jerk, speed kills, you know? Yeah. Don't criticize my driving. I'm six years old at heart. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I, I think that sounds like, that sounds like closer to what I had like hypothesized um, whenever I was watching it because the first moment we see him like having escaped and like, you know, he stole the car, he's gone. Now we're in this like quaint little town. She goes up and touches his house. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, you're marked now. And yep. he starts stalking her specifically after that. So that was my assumption as well, that he is hunting her down because she went up and touched his house. But it could be also like I don't I don't know how to talk about it without like totally going off the chain or off the rails. It's off the chain, but man. It's off the chain. <laughs> but I was he infatuated with her? Did it have nothing to do with him her touching the house? She wasn't marked. Maybe he literally had an attraction to her. But he doesn't know how to deal with it. Maybe. But at the same mm. time, she did the thing you're not supposed to do, and Tommy tried to warn her, don't go up to that house. You're not allowed to go to that house. Yeah. But those are kids that, I mean, we all had the haunted house in the neighborhood where it was like, don't go, don't go up there. Well, yeah, and this is the one example where it's true. True. But Myers was not in that house leading up to that point. Like, nothing weird was happening there recently he just got there that dog was warm hey so so i have to bring this up because i'd never thought of it and like we said we've seen this movie i probably haven't seen it hundreds of times but i've definitely seen it nearly a hundred times never until this weekend had i ever considered that a realtor showed the myers house (laughs) during this day (laughs) And no director, yeah. no sequel has ever touched on the folly of that poor person who, you know, maybe by some miracle, like, avoided Myers because he was too busy out chasing Lori. Like, how funny is it to think you could write, like, a comedic role into this movie of a, <laughs> a couple and a schmoozy real estate agent who have no idea any of this is going to happen and just literally go into the Myers house, spend some time... And then leave, and he's none the wiser because he's too busy stalking Lori. I find that's, that hysterical for some reason. That's so hilarious. And but no one have, has ever done this. Sh- you'd have to cut. They're showing that house. You'd have to cut yeah. to like, while they're like showing the house, they'll be like, and this is the lovely foyer. And he's like stabbing someone. And then they're like, and this is the bathroom. And he's like choking <laughs> the guy in the kitchen. And I think it'd be really funny to time lapse it. With what Sounds Michael's like doing that, at the time. Uh, the guy today would make green. Yeah. I mean, and that would be <laughs> like, the role that Danny McBride would play, is yeah, that guy looking at the, the house. Realtor. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. Yep. I want to shoot this scene. Travis, uh, you guys need to act it because you guys are actors. I want to shoot okay. this scene where you have the realtor come to the house and they're looking at it. And the only thing that happens is they mess with the gutter a little bit and say, ugh. This house is falling apart and then leave to justify the gutter that mysteriously after 20 years falls falls into the window. It's all that one person's fault for looking at the house. Also, they leave the window open upstairs. That would be so funny. I want to meet the realtor that decided that that house was show ready. Oh, my God. Exactly. (laughs) Seriously? There's a dead dog laying in the dining room. (laughs) 
Wait, wait. Drop, the, drop the key off at the. The dog was in the dining room. There, there was a dog. There was a dog. A dead dog. When the, the cop, when Bracket, the the sheriff and Loomis are in the house and he does the big speech. Okay. The blackest eyes, yes. the devil's eyes speech. Uh huh. He, they they walk in the house and they the brackets like, oh what is that? And he's like, it's a dog. There's a and it, and Loomis is like, oh he must have got hungry. Oh, so yeah, how did there's I a miss mutilated that? dog. Oh my and god. And they say it's still warm. It's still warm. So there's a mutilated dog laying in the front room. What? <laughs> but they're gonna show that house. How did I miss that? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, crazy. Anyway, what? Go back to the laundry line scene. <laughs> Go back we to totally when she took her clothes off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so the laundry, um, that part was very stressful. Because um, you just kept waiting, and he kept showing up. Um, like, you would just see him, like, through the window. Or, like, he'd be, like, you'd just see, like, his face in, like, a shadow. And, like you were saying before, that cat and mouse was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was good to but see. But that, that scene was too short. Like to me, that's one of my favorite images. Mm. Is him standing among the sheets because he eventually puts one of those on as a ghost. <gasps> Stop. So it's like it's from those. Well, I don't know. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying it, it's it's a good foreshadow and yeah. it image wise, it's a nice snapshot and visually with the all the sheets blowing the same direction. Like it, to me, it's it's one of my favorite shots, but it's so fast. Just like the hedges scene. I love the hedges scene, but that's so fast. Yeah. I want that. I want more of that. And there's not a lot of that in the movie. Like we've already established, there's only nine minutes of Myers in this movie. And to wow. me, those, those, those little snips, those little snapshots, those little memes uh, yeah. are just so iconic. And we need like 30 more of those in that movie. Yeah. It sounds like a great argument for Halloween kills, right, Travis? Hey, so this discussion got a little bit out of hand. We've still got way more to cover. So we're going to cut it off here for today. We're going to do a part three. We'll launch it tomorrow. So hopefully you've listened to part one already. Hopefully you listened to part two today and enjoyed it. We'll come back tomorrow with a part three. I promise that's the last one. Except that the thing we promised as part of what we thought would be a short episode is coming on Halloween Day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And then again on Halloween. It's worth it. I I promise it's worth it. And if you don't believe me, uh, believe these sponsors. We don't have any sponsors? It's fine. They believe me. Why wouldn't they?